I'm Kim Schmidt, Executive Editor of Farm Equipment. Welcome to Farm Equipment's Used Equipment Remarketing Roadmaps Podcast. In this episode, host Casey Seymour of Moving Iron LLC and guest Chip Nallinger of Blue Reef Agri-Marketing discuss the commodity market, starting off by talking about the wheat market and conditions in Argentina, Brazil, and the Black Sea. Let's jump in as Casey and Aaron start off the conversation discussing the wheat market before moving on to the beef market. Chip Nellinger is with Blue Reef Agri-Marketing out of Morton, Illinois. It's nice enough to come on and talk about what's happening in the marketplace. Chip, how are you doing this morning, man? Doing well. We're uh, getting some rain this morning. It's uh, it is not looking like a white Christmas so far, but uh, we'll take the rain, I guess. Right. We need it. We had uh, it was one of those deals where we were supposed to get rain, earth rain, snow uh, yesterday, and we got it. But we got, I think we got a little bit more than what we anticipated for, so it's... Uh, that's the second big snow event we've had, and we're supposed to have a big, a big snow event come across the uh, high plains here, like Monday through Wednesday or something like that next week. And so we're getting all geared up for that. But it sounds like there could be some significant snow come across places that really need some moisture. Yeah, it uh, that's a good a good sign. I think that's part of what's uh, been beating up the wheat market here for uh, you know the uh, the last couple of weeks. Just one of the issues with that, but uh, yeah, they'll take it. They. Uh, there are areas that really need some significant moisture between now and next spring to kind of recharge the tank and, uh, you know, help heal up some of the pastures and rangeland and, you know, kind of get this drought in the rearview mirror, hopefully. Yep. Yeah. We need three or four inches of rain just to get to a drought. So we're doing, we're doing good. So. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So speaking of wheat, let's talk about that a little bit. So the wheat market right now, you've been talking about, just talked about it, got been getting beat up over uh, the last oh, a couple of weeks or so. We've seen some moisture come through the area. Um, we're seeing some reports out of Argentina that they're, uh, even though Brazil's getting some really good rains, that parts of Argentina and some growing areas there are still in some pretty significant drought. I guess you look at what's going on in the Black Sea, what's happening there with the corridor being open, but we're still looking at getting stuff pushed through like we need to. I guess, Chip, looking at the uh, wheat market going through the end of the year here, what are your thoughts there, and, and how do you think exports are going to stack up going into that exporting time frame that we look at every year? Yeah, that's maybe one of the biggest uh, issues that we have going. We just cannot get anything going, uh, even through the you know the the meat of that um, Black Sea being closed and you know zero in the way of exports, uh, you know, out of the Black Sea. We just could not see much of an uptick in our export demand. So. That seems to be the biggest issue in the wheat market. Now, you've stretched this thing to the downside probably a little bit to, too far. And, um, you know, I, I think you're probably at a better, a better place uh, on the chart, uh, a, a fair value in here. But still, this past week's export sales, I mean, we just cannot get out of single-digit territory. So that is the biggest uh, issue we have going forward. Seems like this time of year, um, you know, as you get wheat in the northern hemisphere, into dormancy you know we talked uh, earlier about the, the the drought in the plains kansas oklahoma texas panhandle uh maybe going to get just a little bit of a precip but you know when it's in dormancy it's hard for the market to get charged up about this drought and production problem so that if, if we're going to see that that's going to be you know early spring time frame into you know may june uh to see if we get some more moisture so my point with that is there's just not much bullish right now that um you know, is, is uh, you know, able to kind of get into the wheat market and give funds a reason to buy it. Now, I would say that there, we're getting this thing stretched pretty far to the downside. The funds have uh, a pretty big short position built up. So, you know, at this stage of the game, who's left to sell it? 
And so that's when you can typically see some nice, sharp, short covering rallies. But it might take, you know, deeper into winter, early spring time frame before we kind of refocus the market on what the production potential is. You know, you mentioned Argentina. They're in a drought. They've, they, their wheat crop has definitely been, um, you know, the top side's taken off of that. No question about that. How, how much of a production problem they have is yet to be seen. But, um, you know, right now the market is just searching for something to try to stabilize it and, and uh, be on the, the bullish side of the ledger. And it's uh, been a tall order to try to find that the last few weeks. Yeah. That is that is very true. There's a lot of a lot of pressure out there right now. I mean, this whole week's been a rough week for commodities, especially when you're looking at what you've got going on. There we had a uh, what a, a CPI report, inflation report came out this morning. Um, yeah, we had the CPI report. Uh, it it did show. I mean, these these reports are tough to read, right? What do you compare it to? You compare it to a year ago. You compare it to a month ago. Uh, it's down. It's up. They're a little confusing to to read, but um, at first glance. The number came in. Um, now, this is what uh, producers, right, manufacturers pay for the goods to turn that into end products, right? And so it was a little bit hotter than expected from a one-month perspective, but it is down from October, still sitting north of seven percent. Um, as I look right now, the the markets, the financial markets, kind of taking this report uh, in stride. I think next week, probably more importantly, is the producer price index. Uh, and then we've got uh, the Federal Reserve out next week with their next decision on interest rates. So next week, we're screaming into the holidays. The volume is going to start uh, shrinking in all these markets. And you're going to throw a lot of financial market uh, gyrations in there with whatever the Fed does and whatever that uh, consumer price index report does next week. So inflation is still there. It's ticked down just a little bit from the peak. But it's not dropping, um, you know, probably as fast as what people uh, would like. Obviously, that's obvious. Go to the store, go fill your car up. Uh, yeah, gasoline's still down from the highs, but uh, still pretty lofty levels when you're talking about uh, a lot of different products out there. Right. Um, so let's talk about the beef market a little bit and, and what you see happening there. Because all this is starting to correlate that. You're starting to see two things come together. One, you're seeing... Oil prices got hammered over this week as well, so that's going to be some reflection there. Um, cattle prices took a big hit, so did hogs as well. I think this is a short-term thing. Uh, feel free, Chipper. Do you feel like this is a little bit of that inflationary period hitting up here a little bit where we're seeing some some demand uh, starting to weaken a little bit? Yeah, that's that's going to be the battle as we go forward into the first half of, of next year. The next two or three weeks as we kind of get through the holidays, um, you know, it's always a tough time for the livestock markets and, and, and the retail meat markets. You know, a lot of that holiday type buying, um, you know, is is kind of in the rearview mirror now. And so you get some fluctuations. We had some big swings in in box beef higher and lower the last few days. Uh, so a lot of volatility starting to rear its head. But this is the real struggle. The beef market um, and pork to a lesser extent is going to fight into the first half of next year. Uh, the numbers are shrinking. I think we're finally at the tail end of some of the um, breeding stock liquidation. And the numbers are shrinking, as evidenced by the last cattle on feed report. Um, you know, some of those numbers we've uh, we've seen in a long, long time. And so fundamentally, the, the things look pretty good out in the first part of the year. But the question is, you mentioned the crude oil market getting beat up. We're just a touch under 72 uh, on uh, crude oil prices. That's down from north of 80 a week and a half ago. And the crude oil market's kind of, I think, pricing in the possibility of a recession in the first half of uh, 23. So 
that's going to run, you know, right into the brick wall of our cattle inventories that are shrinking, what should be very bullish. Are we going to be able to hold the demand together? So that's going to be the real dilemma uh, that we're going to be talking about a lot, I think, over the next six months. Can we hold the demand base together? Export sales this week uh, were abysmal on both pork and beef. That could be a seasonal type thing as well. It's just a, a one-off. Uh, is it a one-off? We'll have to see. But if that continues, that trend continues into the first part of the new year, where we're struggling on export at the same time, the consumer's getting pinched with inflation and demand falls off, that's going to be something that uh, really could uh, be a, a headwind for uh, the beef market, especially. So uh, it's going to be uh, an interesting few months ahead of us, um, you know, obviously out, out your way and south, um, you know, record strong basis. So producers are out there buying corn at, you know, uh, $8 plus high feed ingredients. Feeder cattle are, are high price. Uh, you know, pasture conditions are, are atrocious. So, um, you know, it's a challenging time out there for uh, all segments of the cattle industry right now. Um, and, you know, the one thing we do have going for us, still fairly high prices. You know, we're in the 152, 153 type uh, range for um, uh, cash cattle. And uh, so it's been holding together. And, and that maybe is one silver lining to look at, uh, you know, going into the new year here. We'll get back to the conversation in a minute. But first, I wanted to invite you to join us at the Precision Farming Dealer Summit, January 9th and 10th in St. Louis. To download the program and to register, visit PrecisionSummit.com. Now back to Casey. So let's talk a little bit about what's happened over in China. So we saw two days ago, a headline came out that China had officially weakened its stance on um, COVID-19 lockdowns, and they're going to really take those off a little bit. Obviously, there's a big a big thing to go there, but now you're starting to see all these reports come in where China's cutting demand on cotton, they're cutting demand on uh, soybean meal and all those kind of things. Do you see that that they have because of where their where their economies are right now? What are your thoughts on how that's going to affect the overarching export business that we see happen right now? And as China comes back online, where do you think and when do you think, I guess, will we start seeing some more of this export boost that we see from China this time of the year? Well, that's all uh, tough that's questions, tough Casey. If, if I knew that, if, if you and I could figure that out, man, we'd be on an island somewhere um, that so, we owned yeah. with a big yacht out, uh, you know, yeah. tied up out in front of the, our private island. Uh, all, all questions that the market's going to grapple with going into the first quarter of 23. Um, you know, it's, I, I think it's going to be back and forth. I, I think you're going to get uh, uh, continually lied to, um, you know, by uh, by Chinese officials on what their stance is and what they're going to do going forward. I'm not even sure they know from day to day um, what their plan is, but um, that's what the market's going to watch every day. And it seems like the last couple months, it's just like, you know, okay, we're going to relax the COVID policy. And then 24 hours later, uh, we're clamping down and, you know, you just don't get good information uh, out of China and you never will. I, I would say as far as the exports go, you know, there's no different over there. Their economy has been struggling. Uh, you throw this COVID lockdown thing in there and it's even more challenging for their domestic economy. And so there's no question as you look at some of these different categories of what they've been importing, a lot of different, um, you know, line items are are lower. And, you know, so what does that mean, particularly to our bean 
uh, export program is going to, you know, kind of depend on what Brazil raises for a crop. We mentioned Argentina is in a pretty severe drought right now. They need some rain immediately or they're going to continue to shave production off the top end. But at the same time, Brazil looks uh, really good at this point, uh, you know, of the growing season. 153-ish type metric, a million metric ton crop is expected right now uh, out of uh, Brazil. That's a massive crop. You know, that's well north of 5 billion bushels. Some people think with continuing rain, that crop could be uh, upwards of uh, 5.6, 5.7 billion bushels. That would be, you know, a billion two bigger than they raised a year ago. They're going to have a lot of beans to export. Uh, one thing that's clear to me, China is going to take every bean they can from the southern hemisphere at our expense. You know, the last two or three years have been great. You look at the, our bean exports, China takes, what, 55% of our beans great customer it's been increasing it's been increasing because they've had to buy it from us because there's been two droughts in a row in the southern hemisphere as soon as there isn't a production problem in brazil which could be as soon as february china's gonna shut the key off the united states i'm fearful of and get every bean they can for as long as they can out of brazil why wouldn't they they put billions of dollars into uh, the infrastructure within Brazil, river terminals, export terminals, roads, a lot of that has been helped with Chinese money. Why wouldn't they want to see a return on their investment? So that's my fear going forward. And I think that's something from a you know, bean standpoint. We're here at um, you know, multi-month highs. We're at the highest level in beans that we've been since September on some fears about the Argentine situation, on soy meal rallying because of meal oil spread unwinding. But we've got this uh, monstrous Brazil crop that, uh, you know, is kind of in the baby stages right now. Is it going to grow up to be the, you know, the Godzilla that uh, eats our lunch as far as export competitiveness? That is uh, the main issue that we're sailing right towards the waterfall here. Uh, we'll know more by late January, first half of February, but uh, that'll be here before you know it. And, uh, you know, I, I think China uh, a, if they are slowing down, you know, back to your question, I feel like I've been rambling to, to answer your question. If the COVID lockdowns and their economy is slowing down, um, regardless, and their bean demand is going to shrink at the same time, Brazil has a monstrous crop and we're increasing greatly the supply. That is, that's a double whammy. And that's uh, definitely not a good combination. And that might be exactly what, you know, the next six, eight weeks as we get uh, into the real heart of the uh, growing season. Right on. Okay. So we're looking at looking at your plan that you as your things are moving in this time of the year because we're looking at some interest or some interest rates, some uh, input costs and those kind of things, getting the stuff locked in for next year and what that looks like, especially with some profitability that we see on on the farm this year. There's going to be some some movement in that direction. What are some of the things you're looking at right now from an input cost standpoint that you're paying attention to that you're talking to your customers about? Well, uh, a couple things. Um, Number one, diesel fuel, you know, has come way down. It's not to say it can't go a little bit lower, but I think that needs consideration, um, you know, to be looked at. Are there opportunities to, you know, lock some diesel fuel in, especially out ahead? Some, um, you know, fuel suppliers uh, allow you to book uh, out ahead. And the way the futures market is structured, you know, the deferred markets uh, are well under where the uh, the spot market is. So that might be an opportunity. Uh, natural gas has come way down off the highs. Uh, a lot of people uh, out your way, whether it's feedlots running their uh, their feed mills off of natural gas. Some people use natural gas, uh, you know, in grain dryer uh, setups. That might need a consideration. 
nitrogen fertilizer, uh, that's a volatile uh, issue. And that's, you know, kind of case by case scenario. Uh, a lot of people have that locked in or, and or applied already. You know, if it's fall, a fertilizer application and, and out this way, there's a lot of, uh, you know, fall anhydrous that gets put on. Um, some people are waiting. We have seen some fertilizer and nitrogen uh, numbers start creeping lower. Uh, even if they go a lot lower, I'm I'm uh, a little bit reluctant to think that it's going to get passed along to the uh, to the to the farm price. Uh, you know, by the time it's needed this spring. So um, you know, inputs are really something that uh, everyone's going to have to struggle with this year. There's no question about that. We've been doing with our customers um, a lot of number crunching, and it's really going to boil down to. Uh, the type of land that you're on and your yield potential. Uh, if you're here in the heart of the Corn Belt and you have very realistic uh, chances of, you know, raising 240, 250 plus bushel uh, corn yields, um, it's hard to, to um, you know, get the numbers to swing to beans. But in my mind, that's only, you know, 30 million acres maybe uh, at most. Uh, between corn and beans last year, we planted, uh, what, 180 million acres almost. And so the big, you know, the majority, two-thirds of those acres, um, if you if your corn yields are a little bit lower and your bean yields are pretty stable, there's going to be a real fight for, for acreage. So I think the take-home is inputs, obviously, a lot higher than a year ago. Um, we need to really put a pencil to it and figure out what works for our operation it's going to be the highest priced corn crop uh, uh, to plant that we've ever seen. Uh, with that being said, we're at the second highest um, new crop corn levels that we've ever seen for this point on the calendar and the highest new crop bean levels uh, that we've ever seen at this point in the calendar, too. So we do have some fairly high uh, you know, new crop commodity prices to help cushion some of these higher inputs. But it's this is the time of year to to really put a pencil to it, really get a plan in place and be ready, um, you know, to execute that, uh, you know, and there might be opportunities. We might be staring opportunities right in the face right now. We've, um, you know, from these new crop beans at, at the $14 level, uh, that seems to have been the cap recently. And that's a profitable level, uh, almost any way you dice it and not a bad place to start in our opinion, but you got to crunch those numbers. You got to know where you're at. You got to have a plan and then be ready to execute that thing when you get opportunities. Right on. All right. Good stuff. Usual chip. Folks want to reach out to you and get more information about what it is you're doing at Blue Reef Agri-Marketing. What's the best way to do that? Best way is just give us a call uh, at the office. And that number is 309-550-7213. We'd love to chat with you. Right on, man. I appreciate you being on the podcast, Chip. You bet. Take care, Casey. Thanks to Casey and Chip for sharing their conversation with us. You can keep up on the latest industry news by registering online to receive our free newsletters. Visit www.farm-equipment.com. For Casey as well as our entire staff here at Farm Equipment, I'm Kim Schmidt. Thanks for listening.